0: Hi there! You're listening to Married to the Ministry, which is part of the Love Worth Finding Podcast Network. If you are a pastor's wife looking for encouragement or for practical wisdom on how to manage all the challenges of your role with a smile on your face, we're so glad you're here. This is your host, Janet Addison, and I'd like to help you embrace truth and delight in your ministry life. I've just made some yummy hot tea, so why don't you grab a cup and let's chat for a while. Well, hi, y'all. You're just in time to sit in on my conversation with Gail Klutz, who's become a sweet ministry wife friend. Thank you. She and her husband, Keith, have been serving our church for about a year as our interim worship pastor. And um, y'all actually got there before we did. Just a little bit. So uh, we've kind of been doing a new church together. So Mm -hmm. thanks so much for joining us today. Well, sure. Thank you for asking me. Well, let's just start with a little bit about you and your family well,
1: I actually was born in Fort Smith, Arkansas, where we are speaking okay. from, uh, in a nice, good Christian home with two parents, and and there were four siblings. Went to um, Arkansas Tech University, and that's where I met Keith. We... Um, I don't know, unfortunately or fortunately, (laughs) had to stand by each other in choir.
0: Okay, so were y'all both music majors? We were both both music majors.
1: We just developed a relationship, a friendship, and um, he had told me from the get-go that he was going to finish college, and then he was going to seminary, and he was going into the ministry. The Lord had, had already called him. So I blindly said, sure, that sounds good to me. Okay, so you knew going in... I knew That going was going to be the direction. Of I God's knew going life. in. We were uh, different. We grew up in different denominations. So I had a very good frank talk with my pastor, and he said, "Gail, he said, we believe the same things. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know, there are a couple of things that are different. The Lutheran Church is very is a lot more traditional, mm-hmm. but we believe the same things." So anyway, and, and Keith did the same thing. He looked into my denomination. We made the decision that we needed to be in the Baptist Church for him to um, to follow the Lord's leading into what he was supposed to do. And so um, that's what we did. I joined the Baptist Church. I was baptized, saved in the Baptist Church and baptized. We graduated from college, we went to seminary. I worked. Uh, while he went to seminary, and that lasted about a semester. After that first semester, he said, I've got to do something. So he got a part-time job. That part-time job ended up being a full-time job after seminary, and we were there for seven years. So that was in a church. Yeah, that was in a church. And we, uh, our both of our children were born while we were at seminary. That was in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, we have been married 46 years. Mm-mm. So we've been in ministry our whole entire life. Wow.
0: Okay. So y'all started out, you said the first church, you were there for about seven years. Yes. And then how much have you moved around? We were uh, at Richland Hills Baptist Church in Fort Worth for,
1: for seven years and then got a call to Hot Springs, Arkansas. We were there for seven years and then got a call to Grand Avenue Baptist Church in Fort Smith.
0: Can you share with us something you enjoy about being a ministry wife or maybe a blessing that you've uh, experienced from being married
1: to a minister? I feel like probably one of the blessings would be all of the people that we have come in contact with. I mean, we are still getting Christmas cards from people from those churches that we have served. We still go out to eat once a month with friends from our very, very first church uh, in Russellville. So it has to be the people that we have met along the way serving in ministry with us whether it was you know in the adult choir or the orchestra or working with child, people with children's choir whatever it was it, that has to be a major blessing and they are still blessing us mm. those people still are and as we serve uh, interim with you all we are we are meeting more people you know at, that have become such a blessing to us we have just uh, enjoyed our time at first baptist church so much
0: i i think it is a neat thing you know we're as a community of believers we're ca- part of the body of christ mm-hmm. church family and um, you know you're always going to have little squabbles with people oh, sure. because you're, you're we're all people yeah. but it is cool to be on the receiving end of so much prayer and encouragement and just love, absolutely from, from church people. So absolutely, I'm glad that you uh, that that's been a blessing to you. And Keith is such a people person. Yes, much um, more. He's than easy much to love. More Y'all than are easy me. to love.
1: He's he is very social. I'm a you know stay in the background kind of person, so he you know makes up for 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 my <laughs> quietness. <laughs> But, but I think probably that, that fits what he does and what the Lord has called him to do. And that would be another blessing for me, to see my husband using his God-given talents to lead people in worship mm-hmm. is such a blessing to me. You know, and I know th- the good and the bad and the ugly about Him, and He knows the good and the bad and the ugly about me. But there's something about the way the Lord blesses both of us mm-hmm. when we are in worship together,
0: and He is using His His gifts. Have you, in 46 years of ministry life, <laughs> experienced any challenges or struggles? I think
1: probably every staff wife works through the... Uh, criticism of what your husband is doing mm-hmm. or what they said or what music they pick out or how loud the organ is. Because people or... have very strong feelings about <laughs> yes, music, don't Yes, they? yes. And early on in our ministry, um, that hurt my feelings tremendously. And I got mad, uh, angry at people. And uh, Keith learned real early on, first of all, Not to tell Gail (laughs) everything that went on. And then second, that those things that came in anonymously, you know, like in the offering plate, (laughs) the music's too loud, or we can't hear, or anyway, all those things, he would just throw in the trash can. But if someone came up to him personally and said, hey, can I talk to you about this? He would be glad to talk to them and explain why, what his you know, thinking is, and how the Lord is leading him and has led him to this decision. Anyway, that probably, as a young Christian and, and newly married, young married, that was a real challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a lot smarter and wiser and more mature now, and uh, it doesn't bother me anymore. I've learned that people are people, mm-hmm. and that's just the way it is. You know, I, I am an educator. I just retired from teaching five years ago. And, you know, anytime you deal with people, there's going to be criticism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I have learned, you know, to let go of that. Right. Not not absorb it. Right. right. Let it penetrate your heart, I right, guess. Right. Because lots of times people are just talking and, you know, they are going yes. to the next thing and yes, have no idea that their comment might have landed in a true in a tender spot true sometimes we all just say things we really shouldn't have said yes <laughs> yes same here I know that uh, you're a music teacher you know Keith is leading the music at, at y'all's churches mm-hmm. have you did you feel pressured to well I have to be in the choir because I'm the worship pastor's wife or I know your heart was probably there anyway because of your background but How has that looked, your place in the church over the years? Over the years,
1: I have always wanted to be in the choir. I grew up, you know, in the choir at school and in elementary school, and I played in the band in junior high and high school and in college and sang in the choir at college. Choir and music have always been, I felt like, You know, a part of me. Mm -hmm. So that was never a problem. It was never. So you haven't felt
0: overshadowed or no, no, no one ever told
1: me you have to sing in the choir because your husband Mm -hmm. is the the worship pastor. No one has ever said that to me, Um, but I felt like. This is what I love. I love doing this. So why not do it anyway? Plus, it shows my support for his ministry. Right. I have worked in children's choirs. Nobody ever, you know, said I had to do that. I'm an elementary music teacher. So elementary, you know, children's choirs are elementary kids. That's my training, and I feel like teaching is my gift. So why would I not work in children's choirs? I've taught Sunday school before, uh, not because anyone. Uh, asked me to. Keith told me a long time ago, he said, you know, the church hired me. They mm-hmm. didn't hire you. Uh, he said, when we start having a family, you know, those children need to be first mm-hmm. and you need to take care of those children. And you don't have to be
0: at church every time the door is open. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so he gave you permission. Yes. To you know, be like everybody else. Right, <laughs> everybody and he else would say doesn't that, feel like they have to be there every single yeah, time. Yeah, especially when I was a work,
1: when I was working, we mm-hmm. had children. You know, Sunday night would come and he'd say, "Why don't you stay home with the girls? Mm-hmm. Get ready for next week." You know, it, he saw the need there, and of course, you know, I don't know how working women with small children do it these days anyway. But uh, yes, I, I I had the freedom to say no if I needed to say no. And then say yes if if it was when something you felt, that yeah that mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted to do or I could do.
0: Well, let's move into the main topic that I wanted you to share with our listeners. You mentioned a minute ago that y'all moved on to uh, Grand Avenue when you Baptist Church when you moved to Fort Smith. How long were y'all there? Well, we were there 27 years. 27 years at the same church at the same church as the worship pastor. As the worship pastor. And how many pastors came and went during those 27 years? How many pastors did y'all serve under? There were four pastors
1: in many interims between those pastors, but four pastors.
0: Well, you know, you hear of pastors leading the same church for for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty common. but I think it's very unusual for a staff pastor, particularly a worship pastor, because like we mentioned a minute ago, people have very strong opinions about, about music about <laughs> music. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's unusual for a worship pastor to stay that long in the same place, especially through multiple pastoral changes. So what would you say is the secret? How do you stay? in one place for a long time well i think you have to be flexible and uh,
1: you have to realize that the pastor is your boss (laughs) and if the pastor says we need to do this then that's what you do Mm. now keith always felt like he had the freedom to say to the pastor you know, are you sure this is what you want to do <laughs> or let's look at, you know, another direction or, but when it came down to it, if the pastor said, this is what we're going to do, that's what he did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and built that loyalty. And I think also staying in a place for 27 years, the church developed loyalty toward you, you know, his ministry grew his orchestra grew. His choir grew. I mean, he was, he was, keeping the ch- helping to keep the church together. So he, was the, he was the constant during the times and, of change. And people see him. You know, that are there on Sundays only, they see him every Sunday. So that is a constant. And mm-hmm. that, for a church that's going through, you know, pastor changes, that's stability. Mm-hmm. Plus, it was. I mean. He grew too. He learned a lot of things. I'm not going to say it was always easy because there were challenges in doing that. But where he had friends that he went to seminary with that just gave up,
0: mm.
1: quit, they're selling insurance or oh, they totally left the ministry. Oh yes, yes, oh. yes. Um, he's the friends that he went to seminary with. He's the only one still uh, oh, wow. doing doing well. I mean, he's retired now, but we call it full-time ministry. But mm-hmm. he is the only one still still doing that. So, you know, he he knew this was what he was supposed to do. And we, you just you just work through, you know, the tough times. But his choir was very loyal to him. Uh, the church was very loyal to him. And so that made it a lot easier to stay.
0: Well, and again, that goes
1: back to... Loving people. Absolutely. And he's really good at that. Yeah. he, uh, yeah, He's much better at being a people person than I am. I've learned a lot. But, you know, his mother told me when we just first started dating, she said, you know, Keith is the last one to leave church on Sunday mornings. Until Greg Addison got there. (laughs) (laughs) Because he has to talk to everyone. So I guess Keith has met his match in Greg Addison. Yeah. I mean,
0: I... I totally get that. But their friendliness, their willingness to talk to people, that really soothes so many feathers. Yes. And I struggled as a young ministry wife with, does he have to talk to every single person here? And I would kind of get jealous. I would Mm -hmm. get mad Mm -hmm. because the kids and I were like waiting in the car or standing around waiting. And he, you know. Yeah. So I finally learned, I'm just going to take my own car, and and that way I can get the kids home. Right. And he has all the freedom to talk to who he needs to talk to without me standing over there growling in the corner. I
1: think that's part of their ministry. It is. I, I feel like they have. that's a way that they minister to people, even if it's just carrying on a short conversation. Mm-hmm. That's just part of of what they do, you know. I can't
0: imagine a minister that didn't want to talk to. I, I know people. And sometimes we've encountered people yeah. in ministry who just didn't like people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's kind of a curious thing. Um, were you always on the same page with him about staying put, or were there seasons during those twenty seven years that y'all prayed about moving on? I mean, I know I've, I've. I've begged the Lord before. Would you please move us somewhere else? <laughs> um, did y'all ever experience that, or were you were you content to to be there? Well, um,
1: I was. I will say that every time we moved, the Lord told us it was time to move, and He told us separately. He would tell me, He would tell Keith, and in conversation, you know, maybe a church would call or something, and Keith would say, you know. Do we look at do we talk to them? And I said, Well, the Lord's telling me it's time to move. He said, Me too. Wow. Oh, okay. So we always knew whether it was, you know, a good time, a bad time. We never had to move, but the Lord always told us it was time to move. Now I will tell you, when Grand Avenue came calling, that was my hometown. My parents lived there. Both my brothers and their family lived there. I really had to be careful, even though I felt, felt you know, the calling to move. I didn't want it to be for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And he and Keith felt the same way. We didn't want to go because it was going back home. Right. Uh, we prayed really, really hard, and the, and the Lord gave us, you know, the answer, yes, you were You're supposed to be
0: there. I remember years ago when Greg and I were first feeling the call to ministry, we counseled with with our pastor, Adrian Rogers. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget, he said so many young pastors don't stay very long, you know, two and three years, two or three years, and they're gone. And he really cautioned us to Mm -hmm. to, uh, not move from a church too quickly. And he told me to unpack my bags and put down some roots, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but also to be ready to go when it was time to move because Mm -hmm. God does move his soldiers around on the battlefield. That's true. So even if you were happy there, surely there might have been times, did Keith feel restless or maybe he was ready for a a new challenge professionally or, um, you know, so how... You, you said y'all always felt God's leading. How mm-hmm. did he confirm yes it's time to go or yes, we need to stay. you know, how did you pray through those decisions? Can you think of a
1: confirmation? When Keith would talk to a church, I'm sure this is probably pretty normal, he would go with a list of questions, you know, and uh, most of the time I was not even there when they talked, when they talked with him. So I would just rely on what he said. Uh, if he came away feeling like this was the place where we were supposed to go, that was fine with me. You know, I I agreed with him. I will tell you that when, again, going to Grand, because we wanted to be very careful that we weren't going for the wrong reason. For Mama. <laughs> yeah. Um, when the, com- the committee showed up to talk to us in... Uh, one Sunday morning in Hot Springs, and it took us out to lunch. The members of the committee, one of them, her daughters, were in my dad's band, Fort Smith Northside. Another one, my uh, my mother had taught her children. She was on the committee. Another one was a dentist in school with my brother. Like every member... close connection. Every member of the committee knew us, mm-hmm. knew my family, and I don't know, that was just affirmation to us right there. That's, that is probably highly unusual, mm-hmm. but that was affirmation to us that, yes, this is where you're supposed to be.
0: I know learning to hear God's voice and discern His leading and these kind of decisions can seem intimidating sometimes, can it? You know, oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> because we're struggling with the what do I want as opposed to right, you know, right. what does God wants to do. So listeners, I, I'd like to offer you a great resource from Pastor Rogers. It's a booklet called How to Know the Will of God. And if you go to the show notes, you can click. Uh, I'll have a link in the show notes. And it's a free download that you can um, listen to. So if you'd like that... Um, Uh, I want to make that available to you. And uh, you mentioned earlier, Gail, that y'all have retired. Mm -hmm. Um, I just can't even see my husband retiring. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So how did you know when it was time to step out of the full-time ministry and retire? I I know Keith has still been doing interims. Mm Um, so y'all have still been involved in churches, but how, how did you know? Somebody asked me that the other day, one of our other staff wives. I told her I was talking to you, and she said, ask her, how do you know when it's time to retire? <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Well, for me personally,
1: because I was a teacher, um, I, I was tired. Mm. I was tired. Uh, technology,
0: I'm being honest, technology was passing me by. And that's a constant Uh, learning. Yes, You never can stop learning about new technology like that in the classroom. And my mother, uh, who just lives a few blocks from us,
1: her health was declining. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I was the logical one to help take care of her. So so I retired five years ago. Um, Keith, I think he was feeling the same things, you know. He was tired. I, he felt like probably he wasn't appreciated. I hope this doesn't step on anyone's toes, <laughs> but by younger staff members, hmm. uh, he kind of felt like he, you know, he was the old guy on staff, not as relevant or yes, so hip anymore. Yeah, and uh, you know, there were several things that happened. That made him realize that okay, I think it may be time for me to retire. Uh, they had someone that could easily come into his into his place, and uh, probably the hardest thing though was um, he retired during COVID. Mm-hmm. There were like five people in the sanctuary <laughs> <this> Sunday. <laughs> oh, so it's hard to that's say. That's
0: kind of a Disappointing yes, end to a long yes, illustrious
1: yes, and when you there. have done this your whole entire life, and you've been um, very visible, and now you're to his words, his words, you're a nobody. Mm-hmm. You know, it. Uh, I will just tell you, he grieved. Mm-hmm. It was really hard, and I didn't really know what to do to help him except that he had said, I I would like to help my family and help other churches. Mm -hmm. So he started doing some filling in at different churches, and that put a little bit of spark back in him. But being at first has really put a spark (laughs) back in him. He has been extremely fulfilled and
0: felt used. Mm -hmm. He's just been amazing and been a hero for our church family. Well, you know, the Lord
1: will tell you, you know, scriptures will confirm, you know, your prayers, the Lord will tell you when it is time. But for us, we knew it was time by the circumstances around us and the way, I guess, the way of the world, you know, education was changing. Mm -hmm. So that's... That's what helped us make the decision.
0: But we're um, not, but we still serve. Well, sure, you do. You know, yeah. And, you know, ministry calling, it's different than a job. Um, you know, my dad was an engineer for decades. And when he quit, he didn't grieve really mm-hmm. being an engineer. But a calling, I mean, that is a supernatural thing gifting, and Absolutely. it's a whole different ballgame, so I can see how you would mm-hmm. kind of grieve as that changes in your life. And one awesome thing about ministry is there are still places to use that on a, yes. on a more uh, limited, you know, not so all-consuming, right. as a full-time right. ministry job, so right. that, is, that is good that there are still ways that men can use their calling Absolutely. afterwards. After they retire. Well, thank you for sharing some of your story, Gail. Well, thank you for inviting me. And to show us what faithfulness in one place looks like, um, how to put down roots and you know deeply invest in the lives of, of one church family. So that's a good example for us, especially when sometimes we think, oh, I'm ready to go somewhere else. I'm tired of these same people. Um, well, being in one church for that long...
1: I mean, they helped raise our children. (laughs) Um, You know, our children got married in that church. Mm -hmm. We have dear, dear, dear friends, you know, in that church. It has been, I know Keith has been a blessing to them, but it has been such a blessing to us, too. Well,
0: that's good to hear. That's really... A, a sweet way to end. <laughs> well, ladies, we're so glad you stopped by today, and these honest conversations about realities of ministry life will help us feel less alone and. More like we're walking along a familiar path with old friends. If you've got any tips to share on how to stay in in one place, we'd love to hear from you. So send me an email or leave a comment on our Facebook or Instagram so we can learn from each other. And until next time, let's keep loving Jesus, loving our husbands, and loving our people.